get their bag. So we're going to let them know to go and get their bag on their way out. See hospitality team. They'll be waiting for them on their way out with their free gift. And when you hand them the gift, before you hand them the gift, whoever that is, needs to make sure those things are done. So it's an exchange. Go ahead and like. So now you're connected. Praise God. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen, babe. Amen. So that's going to be a standard going forward. And we it's a work in progress. We'll be able to change the color of the bags. Um, right now, they're the 10. So you'll be able to uh, know and differentiate between the two. So Church on the Lady eventually will be, and Community Care Days will be yellow. And then um, our Elevate Welcome Bags for the service is going to be brown. But right now, they're both the same color. Okay? Any questions? We started this sermon series from worship to warfare. Warfare worship. Warfare worship is this. Hopefully, during this time, we have opportunity to. It's found upon these things. But what do the scriptures say about worship is what I hope to cover this morning. And what is God doing when we worship? I have a question. What happens when we worship? What happens when we worship? What happens in us? What happens in the atmosphere? And what happens in the spirit realm? Warfare worship. Warfare worship. Wars are fought with weapons. And worship is my weapon. Tell your neighbor, worship is my weapon. Read Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 15. Go to figure there and jump over to John, the Gospel of John, chapter number 4, and verse number 21. We're going to forgo our faith declaration on this morning so we can jump into the word. When you have it, say, I have it. Still looking, still looking. Wait for me to put it on the screen, see? I checked it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Amen. Come on, Let's go to work. Ephesians chapter number five. Four, four, five. And verse number 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Don't walk as a fool. But as wise. God wants you to be wise. Wisdom is knowing what to do with what you know. Wisdom is the application of the thing. God wants you to know how to do the thing that you're doing. And what to do with what you're doing. And he says, be, be wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. We're living in an evil time. We're living in an evil time. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding that the will of the Lord is, you have to understand what God's will is for your life. God wants you to be wise to understand his will. And be not drunken with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
that you full. I full on mine. Feel with the spirit. See, some of y'all don't understand that because y'all too suburban. But in the hood, we would say on the weekends, boy, I got full this weekend. Some of y'all get that one way off. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Giving thanks always in all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Uh, it says, Submit yourselves one to another in the fear. Submit yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Jump over the Gospel of John. I'm going to rest here. I'm going to race to the finish. John chapter number four. And verse, let's start in verse 21, I believe it is. We'll start there. Gospel of John. And verse 27. Worship reveals the heart 
of God. That when you begin to worship and you come into his presence, the heart of God is revealed to you. What is God's heart and his, his, his heart towards you? His heart is that you be set free, that you be healed, that you be protected, and that you be provided for. Without worship, you won't know these things about God. So worship brings you into God's presence so you can see who God really truly is towards you. Some of us struggle in our relationship with God. I watch this from this one reason, I believe, uh, is that we fail to worship God. And if we fail to worship God, then we don't understand nor do we see who God is. So we struggle in life to make things happen in life, to even receive God in our life. Why? For a lack of worship. So today, I want to talk to you from the same thought that we have jumped into from worship to warfare with this subtopic, the wounded worship. Oh, oh, oh. The wounded worship. Some of us have a hard time worshiping God. Watch this from past experiences. It becomes with God our experiential, our spiritual uh, relationship with God. We, we, we have a hard time with our relationship with God based upon experiences we have. Uh, some people have the experience in church where they call it church hurt. Amen. Anybody ever experienced that before? Don't tell me but, but, but this thing that the world calls church hurt. Let, let me tell you this first and foremost there is no such thing as church hurt. God never created nor designed the thing to hurt you. The church is to love, not to hurt. So it's not church hurt. It's the people in church that hurt you. And we got to change our vernacular. We have to change the way we phrase things because now if we go around saying, I got church hurt, now the church and the world who's never been in church don't want to go to church because they have a perception that church is going to hurt me. So we have done damage to the non-believer by telling them, oh, I'm in church hurt. Well, why would I want to go a place to a place that's going to hurt me? Why would I come to a Jesus, a loving God, who's going to hurt me? Tell your name, there's no church hurt. Now, I wanna, don't want to minimize the pain and experience that you had at that church, but it was those people that hurt you, not the church itself. So be honest and be truthful with yourself and say, those folk hurt me. And, and if you're bold enough, put a name to it. Apostle, bishop, prophet, evangelist, usher, greeter, parking lot worker, missionary. And then do as TJ said earlier, learn to forgive. Because one of the greatest principles that you ever learn in Christianity or should be is this one fact that God wants you reconciled. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So those who hurt you, God says, go and reconcile. Because it's important that you have godly relationships. So God wants to reconcile you back even to those who hurt you. Why? Because one day you're going to need them. One day the kingdom of God is going to need them. Because the Bible says it this way. It says, one shall put a thousand to fight. Oh, which has the Bible reason. But two... 
So what if the second person you need is the person who put a knife in your back? What if the second person you need is the one that talks about you? What about the second person that you need is the one that slandered your name, the one that persecuted you and ridiculed you, and that's the very one God partners you up with to bring kingdom glory in the earth? What if that's the one? What if that's the one you're on the side of the road and your car is there uh, broken down and he sends that one person? What if you're stranded in the ocean and your boat won't crank up and he sends that one person that broke your heart? What are you going to say then? What if that one person while you're in the middle of the road and the 18-wheeler is coming along to smash to take your life and that one person comes to push you out of the way? What if that's you say, oh, you done me wrong, don't touch me. Oh, you broke my heart, don't you save me? What if? Ask it in what if. And see, the wounded warrior, we get to the place that even when we come into church, we can't even worship because of the experience. That past experience that we had. And the moment they sing a song that reminds you of that hurt or that pain. Or the moment the preacher begins to preach about that message that you once received from that preacher that done you wrong, you're like, oh, I can't hear. I, I, I don't want to listen now. You're too loud. The wounded worshiper. You have these wounds. You ever had an abrasion or a break of bone in your body? And it's been years ago, but when someone touched that, that point, you're reminded of that pain. You ever had something so hurtful in life that it's like nostalgia? You hear a song or you hear uh, you're in a place and that place reminds you of that past pain. You're wounded. Tell you the name I'm wounded. If we be honest with ourselves, some of us come into the house of the Lord and these wounds prevent us from worshiping. We know to go to church, but we don't know how to be in presence, in the presence of the Lord, or to be present in his presence. So we sit there. Why? Because we've been wounded. Worship is the most important thing human beings can do. Worship is important. Worship is important. Here's what worship does. Worship lines us up with God against our enemy. Worship lines us up with God against our enemies. I don't know what your enemy is this morning. Your enemy may be something that you experience in life, but worship lines you up with God and worship lines you up against your enemy. Catch that. Worship lines you up with God vertically, but he also lines you up against your enemy horizontally. This is what God does. He makes sure first that you're lined up with him so you can stand up against him. I was at a church right there. First, God says, line up with me. And if you're in line with me, then you can stand against them. But you can't stand against them if you're not aligned with him. Then you'll find yourself wrestling with flesh and blood. You'll find yourself wrestling with people. You'll find yourself wrestling with identities and ideologies in your mind. you see them other than what God sees them as. You'll see them as your physical enemy, but truth of the matter, it'll be your spiritual enemy. So now you despise people 
Instead of despising the spirit at work in people. So God lines up with them, with him, so that you can stand against them. Not them naturally, but them spiritually. Worship, hear this, is an act of war. You got to hear that. Worship is a declaration, is an act of war. The moment you lift your hands and begin to worship God, you are now declaring to the enemy that I'm at war with you. The moment you lift your hand and open your mouth, the moment that you bow down the line, prostrate in the presence of God, it's a declaration to the enemy, I'm not yours anymore. I don't belong to you. And everything you're coming against me in, I'm against you now in it. And God is on my side. Somebody to shout, God is on my side. Yeah, the moment you begin to worship God, God stands up and he says, I'm on your side, I got you. I, I, I remember years ago, years ago in my neighborhood, we were fighters in my neighborhood. But, you know, back then it was good because you would fight today and be friends tomorrow. See, see they didn't want to shoot bang, bang, shoot up, kill people. Back in the day, we would fight and be friends. And I, I remember one day I was at a friend's house and, and I heard a knock at the door and people screaming at the door. And, and, and my friend went to open the door and he said, Man, Keith is in the building. He's here. And I said, Yeah, what's going on? He said, Man, they're jumping your brother around at the urban's house. So I jumped on my bike and I'm riding around to the backyard and I get there and they had two brothers. They were twins. I'm going to tell you their name. But, but they were on top of my brother and beat my brother. So I just jumped in and pulled them off. Come on. Started kicking, pulling, pulling off. I said, I'm here now. What, what y'all going to do? It's, it's, it's a fair fight now. It's two against two. Right? Here's the thing. The moment I got in, it was a declaration of war of us against them. You see, one put a thousand to fight. So, so now I was partnered up with my brother against them. So it's us against them. And that's what God does. God wants to intervene in the fight. God wants to know if you're not a fight, I'm in it. God wants to know if you will let me in, if I will get in, I will end it with my power, my might, and by my spirit, says the Lord. So it's a declaration of war. It's a declaration of war. It is also an act of participation, strengthening our relationship with God, catch this, and with others. This is worship, y'all. Y'all have to know this. Worship is an act of participation. So worship has to be and come to a point where you don't just sit there yourself, but you get involved. Worship is not a spectator sport. It's for participation. When the psalmist sing, they're not singing as entertainment. They're singing as an example of what worship looked like. So you're not to be there and just watch them do what they do. You are to participate in what they do. Trying to get you free in the water family. So, so, so worship is a participation. Take that as time to participate. It, it is a strengthening of your relationship with God, catch it, and with others. That's why corporate worship is so important because it strengthens your relationship one with another. It's when something is heavy on you, breaks off of you, and once you're set for you, not able to set your neighbor free. Oh, come on, talk to us, Paul and Silas. As they're in that Philippian jail, Paul and Silas begin to pray and begin to worship. And as they're praying and worshiping God, not only does the chains fall off of them, but everybody around them, the chains are falling off. 
That's what happens in worship. You get set free and everybody down the road gets set free. Look down your road for a second. Just look down your road that that right. Tell you, baby, it's, it's good that you're sitting next to me. Because this is the freedom hour. Take that. This is the freedom hour. This, this is the freedom hour. The chains that were once on me no longer hold me back. The chains that once held me down no longer hold me. And the chains that are broken off of me, I now have the power to break them off of you. It strengthens our relationship. And when you truly learn how to worship God, then you find yourself in worshiping warriors as partners in the faith. In worship, we declare that we are on God's side against the enemy and brought to this one account in the Bible, in 2 Chronicles, and I'm coming to a close, chapter number 20. But Jehoshaphat finds himself in a predicament. There's some men who are coming after Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel. And in verse number 14, the Spirit of the Lord came unto Hezekiah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Manasseh, a Levite descending of Asher. He stood in the assembly and he said, This is King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you Do not be afraid. Tell you they don't be scared. Do not be discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle here, I feel like preaching right there. For the battle is not yours. It's God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, and they will be climbing up by the paths of Ziz. And you will find them there at the end of the desert of Jehuel. You will not have to fight them for this battle. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Uh, that'll preach right there. God's going to fight the battle, but he needs you to be in position. Uh, God's going to fight, but he needs you in position. God's going to do it, but he needs you in position. See, worship, yet again, it's not just a spectator for God wants you in position. It's not that you have to lift your hands to fight or strike your enemy. God says, I need you to lift your hands and worship. And as you begin to worship, I'll fight on your behalf. So, so, so God says that I need you in position. I need you, in other words, in participation. See, Sarah, I got to say this is because y'all look at me, you see me cleaned up, you see me, you know, with the glasses on, you see kind of nerdy, you kind of geeky. But I used to be a boxer back in the day. And I shared this testimony beforehand. And, 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 and as an amateur boxer, you, you would go to all of these uh, events and these fighting events and tournaments. And when you get there, they will weigh you. And once they weigh you, they will match you up against someone in your weight class. And if there was no one in your weight class, you are automatically deemed as victorious. But the victory didn't start there. The victory started when you had to present yourself in position. Now you can this in a second. You had to literally, even though there was no one there to fight you, you had to literally get into the ring. You did not be, you were not declared, declared as the victor until you actually got into position. So even though there was no one there to fight you, you had to climb through the ropes. And get into position. What's the position? Yeah. The, the ref will call you into the ring and he will lift your hand and declare, Y'all missed that. You had to get in the position of victory.
ahead of him. And when he sent the worshipers ahead, the Bible said that the enemy was so confused that they turned against one another. See, some of y'all fighting Some of y'all fighting the wrong way. You're fighting with these. You should be fighting with these. And the enemy was scattered. They began to fight against themselves. And the Bible says it took them days to collect all the spoils. You know, one of the spoils you're going to collect today is the healing you need from past hurts and pains. So today, to his power, I believe today there's someone here. You have an altar against your brother or your sister. Someone who has done you wrong. They may be living or even dead. And you've been harboring that hurt and that pain in your heart. It may be a spouse that divorced you. It may be one of a parent that left you in a bad view. It may be a co-worker, a family, member, or a friend. It may be a church that you once attended where the people now talk about you and instead of celebrating you, whatever the hurt is, Whatever the pain is, today, you're being strengthened by your brother and your sister. As they're turning on your hand, they're squeezing on your hand. They're strengthening you now. Come on, squeeze that hand that you're holding. Squeeze that hand. Let them know that you're standing with them, that they're not alone. They're not alone. Let them know by squeezing up their hand that they're not by themselves. They don't have to fight anymore by themselves. Father, we thank you, God, we bless you. We have been set free and free now. And Jesus wanted to come. Who's that hand? Who's that hand? Now, if you're this morning, as now you're in position, this is also a position of receiving. Say, God, I receive all that you have for me. God, I receive all that you have for me. God, I receive all that you have for me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, keep your hands lifted because you may be lifting your hands. With your neighbor, we're disrupting the atmosphere of the enemy right now with your hands. That's going to blend their minds and tell them that they don't need Jesus, that they okay. If you hear today, you don't, don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to do me a favor right quick. I want you to step out into the all, the eye. If you hear today, and you're backslidden, and, and your relationship with the Lord is strained, and you want to get it right today. But that's you to step out now. You need to step out now right now. Do it now and do it quickly. Today, you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're coming back to Him with a broken relationship. He's restoring you today. Step out and start all that you. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we give you glory. And God, we give you praise. Thank you, sir. Any others? Any others? Any others? Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. If you're here today, you don't have a church home. Today, God is like, oh, I see you, man. I see you. You don't have a church home. God, treat you to this place today. You won't wipe your hands for me. Lord, I should step out today. Woo! Jesus! You don't have a church home, but you come. Step out now. You didn't want to jump for nothing. You won't wipe your hands. Who the whole staff, baby? Yes! Yes!
want to join, you can simply text the word join to 
receive it now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a runner in the house. You haven't been able to run because of your knees. God is healing you. Your knees and your ankles. He's healing you now. He's returning you to your love. He's healing you now. Strengthening your knees, your joints, your ankles. He's healing you now. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lord. This shin splints is healing you now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, God, for giving you glory. And God, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive your healing today, clap your hands and give you praise. For those who are online, if you receive your healing, Hashtag in the box below, heal, 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 in the box below, heal. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you, God, we praise you. God, we give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. And those of you one more time, clap your hands and give God some glory. Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Try to give you what God gave in a few short moments. Uh, I do want to, uh, before we jump into Word, I do want to honor Captain Area yet again for being with us today. Amen. Father, we want to clap hands with him. Amen. A community partner that's going to help us and assist us in doing what we do as a ministry. So I thank God and I look forward to the greater to come and all to be done through this partnership. So we thank God for you. All, when, when you sow into this ministry, you're sowing in, into a move of God. When I say a move of God, I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about how God wants to move in the lives of people. That's a move of God, how he wants to transform hearts and change lives. So when you sow so with that intent in mind, matter of fact, some of you need to revisit what you sow today. I'll repeat it again. Some of you need to revisit what you sow today. You need to look back and say, okay, God, did I do enough for this move? You may want to write out something else and say, okay, God, I see what you're doing, so I want to be a part of what you're doing. You may need to revisit what you saw because God wants to do greater. And the only way things can get done greater in, the, in this earth realm is without participation. What God wants to do, he wants to do it in the earth realm, but he won't do it apart from you. He said he looks for one in the earth who will stand in the gap. Somebody shout out the one. So what God wants done, he wants it done through someone in the earth realm. That's why when Jesus came into the earth, he came in flesh. Did you hear what I said? He became the word in flesh. Why? Because what God wanted to do, his word alone, hear me beloved, wasn't enough. His word had to be wrapped in flesh. So that you can see his word manifest before your eyes. Did you catch that? Because watch this, a lot of people read the word, but they won't do the word. So he had to come down inward, in flesh, so that you can see the word manifest in action. So that you would have an example before you of what it looks like when the word is at work. Yeah. I was at a church right there. So you can see what it's like when the word is at work. Because the word that is at work, God wants to work through you. So what God wants to do, he wants it done. He's looking for a vessel to do it through. So 
Christ shall bless me. That's me. Take a neighbor, that's you. That's Going back and show say, that's me. That's they don't believe you. They think you're lying. Look at another say, that, that's you. That's you and that's me. That's me. That's what God wants to do. He wants to use you. He wants to work through you. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Okay, so let's move forward. Uh, for all of our online guests, thank you for tuning in with us on this morning. Uh, also, for all of you, amen, that have not yet registered for our Kingdom Ambassadors Leadership Academy, there is registration set up for you outside. That's all you have to do is scan the QR code so you can be registered for our upcoming class of Kingdom Ambassadors. This is an amazing life transforming 12 reports that will change your life radically. You don't have to be a member of Elevate Church. Matter of fact, you don't have to be a part of no church. Because it's going to begin with you training and developing as a leader. Everything God wants to do, He wants to do through the leading of someone. Someone led you into this building today. Someone's going to lead you out. Someone led you into this world. The doctor grabbed you and pulled you out and led you into this world. Somebody's going to lead you out of this world. A pastor's going to stand before, over your grave, over your casket. He's going to lead you out into the world. Somebody's going to lead you everywhere you go. So Kayla's a 12-week course that's going to bless your life. So make sure you sign up today. It's going to teach you and train you and motivate you to lead well and to lead deeply. Our business ministry is live and effective. Amen. Amen. It's, yeah, it's live. You can see, uh, you can see our sister, Doctor, Amen, Evangelist, Pastor, all that. Doctor Eagle, the buff, Amen. After service, sign up for our our business alliance here at Elevate Church. You can do that as well. Uh, if you like a T-shirt or wearing, those are for sale as well. We have a limited supply. It's a warriors. Pick those up before you as well. A place for order. Amen. I do want to shout out our community care day on yesterday. We amazing time. We had the blessing. Our events event that took yeah. place yesterday has been powerful. It's been put together for a safe place to have healthy conversations. And then we have so many events coming up. Our DBS is coming up as well. So parents, if you have kids, sign and register kids for our DBS. That's coming up in July. As well as, uh, what else we have coming up? PBS uh, and Chicken Cow. A sin night of worship. Yes, a sin night of worship is coming up the first Tuesday of the month. It's going to be a blessing. A couple of things, y'all. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. A couple of things I'm going to give you. This worship moment was a setup for this. Hallelujah. Start the sermon series from, from worship to warfare. So during this time, I want to go, oh, warfare worship. What does the scripture say about worship? Is what I want to talk about. Not only that, but what is God doing when we worship? What is God doing when we worship? What happens when we worship? What happens when we worship? But not only what happens when we worship, but what's happening on the inside of us when we worship. What's happening on the inside? What's happening? Ask your neighbor what's happening. What's happening? Ask your neighbor, say what's happening. What's happening? What's happening? So what's happening in us, and the watch this, what's happening in the atmosphere when we're worshiping? See, you, you may have missed the spiritual moment. It's the idea of a moment that took place. While we were worshiping, something happened in the atmosphere. 
Something shifted in that moment. I, I don't care if you were engaged in that moment or not, but you felt something. You, you could have been there like with your arms crossed, but you felt something because worship would shift the atmosphere. It would arrest the atmosphere. So worship happens in a moment where the atmosphere shifts. Shifts. But, but not only that in the atmosphere and in you, but also what is happening in the spiritual realm. You may think that's spooky, but there's more than the natural realm. There's a spiritual realm that is at place. You be in a room and you say, well, I felt something. You feel something bumping against you. That's spirits at work. You ever heard this? Something told me not to do that. That something is the Holy Spirit. I knew I should have did that. Something told me not to do that. That's the spirit realm at work. There's the natural and the spiritual. Matter of fact, you are not you. You are a spiritual being. Yeah. Having experience in the flesh. That's why when you die, your spirit goes back to God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Why does your spirit belong to him? Your spirit being. You're just a pretty outfit for your spirit. Amen. It's just how I see that. PJ received it. your spirit being. So it's natural and spirit. That's why the Bible says we must not use flesh and blood. There's a spiritual war taking place. So something happens when you worship in the spirit. Something is happening in the night. There's a war at hand. Every day you wake up, there's a war, there's a battle in your hand. For some of you right now, there's a battle in your mind. For some of you, it's a battle in your body. For some of you, it's a battle in your pockets. For some of you, it's a battle in your relationships. One to another. There's, there's a war going on. It's a spiritual war. And God wants to equip you and prepare your hands for it. He wants to teach your hands how to do that war. So that something happened. Let's go. Grab your Bibles. Turn to Ephesians. Hear this. Wars are fought with weapons, and mine is worship. Mm. Worship is my weapon, and I will hope today to be your weapon as well. Because you can't win a war without a weapon. You need to hear that again. You cannot win a war without a weapon, and worship should be your weapon of choice. Ephesians chapter number five. Grab it, verse number fifteen. And John chapter number four, verse number twenty-one. Of course, I'm going to go. A faith declaration, Ephesians chapter number five. So when, so then when they walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the day is evil. So I shout, the day is evil. Therefore, be not unwise, but understanding what is the will of the Lord. Be not drunk with wine, as in excess. Excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this last verse right here. 
It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Not scared type of fear, not a scary type of fear, but a reverence. Hands over to John chapter 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. I give unto you. Amen. The night of our control. Neither let us be afraid. Father, we bless you today. Mm-hmm. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Before you see us like our Father, you may shake hands with him and say, My worship is my weapon. You may receive it. Real quickly, worship reveals the heart of God towards us. You have to know that, that in a worship moment, worship reveals God's heart unto you. When you begin to worship, watch, here's the thing, and we're so accustomed to this in churches, all of these little cliches and kitchen sayings that uh, when praises go up, blessings come down. You ever heard that? When praises go up, right? So, So what praise does is Praise brings God down into your problem. When, when, when you praise God, because there's a difference between praise and worship. Praise brings God down into your midst. Because the Bible says God inhabits. Where's the reading church at? Do y'all read your Bible? God inhabits what? So when you praise God, God inhabits your praise. That's why when Paul and Silas was in that Philippian jail, they began to praise God, God stepped down. That's why there was an earthquake in that Philippian jail. You know why? Because God stepped his eternal sized foot down on the earth and shook the ground to where all of the cell blocks were open. Why? Because when you praise God, God comes down into the midst of the people. Well, worship, worship elevates you into the presence of God. So praise brings God in the midst of your problem. Uh, praise brings God down, but worship brings you into the presence of God. So when you're in his presence, in his presence of the fullness thereof, so you get to see who God is and his heart towards you. Praise, praise brings it down, worship takes you up, and while you're in the presence of God, you see who God is towards you. You see God as a protector, as a healer, as a provider, as a conqueror, as victory. Come on, somebody. You you see God in his full essence because you're in his presence. So he reveals his heart unto you through worship. So I want to talk to you real briefly. And I promise you three points points at the most. And I'm done. From the thought of wounded worshiper. A wounded worshiper. Have you ever had a wound in your life that was so deep, so prevalent in your life, that it had expired years, days, and months, and, and time has gone on, but that one wound still causes pain? You know, oh, I can tell it's about to rain, my bones are aching. <laughs> huh? You have a pain so deep, you can remember the moment when that pain was inflicted. Someone you lost, a loved one. You're driving down the road, listening to a radio, and a song comes on, you just begin to cry. Why? Because that song reminds you of somebody you lost. 
Deep pain. Deep pain. Deep pain. You go to certain places, it's nostalgic. You go into that place and you feel a certain way. Why? Because it was it was an experience you had in that place that reminds you of a past pain. And you still feel the hurt of it. You come into church and you feel a certain kind of way because it reminds you of the last church you left. Okay. Y'all call it church hurt. Y'all gonna look at it that strange. Because ain't none of y'all coming to this place without leaving another place. And the last place you left, you left because church hurt. Say teach. Because something happened there. That brought you here. Something you didn't like that happened to you there, you're now seeking out another place. Mm-hmm. And he called it, come on, help me out. Church. Church. Why am I putting air quotes? Because there's no such thing as church. There's not church hurt. Yeah. It is people in the church that have hurt. Because God would have never birthed something in the earth ground to hurt you. God did not create, develop, deploy his church from heaven into the earth to be something that would hurt you. It is the people inside the church that have hurt you. And we have done the unbeliever injustice. We have hurt them because our vernacular and our statements have been, oh, I've been church hurt. So now the world hears of your hurt and they don't want to work into a place that can help them and heal them because they believe that the place that you call church will hurt them. So why would I want to go to a place that would hurt me? So now we we block out the world because the world don't want to come to this place called church because it is a place of hurt. Am I helping you this morning? So there's no such thing as church hurt. It's the people. And listen, if you would be bold enough to just go ahead and declare that those people hurt you, go ahead and put a name to those people. Say who it is. That hurt you? Go ahead and confess that that person hurt you. So now while you're confessing they hurt you, then also forgive that person. Because if you can put a name to it, then he can put his name on Then you can say, okay, yes, apostle, bishop, prophet, evangelist, whatever, pastor, teacher, proclamator, attendant, usher, uh, they hurt me, and I forgive whoever that is that I hurt me. Because you cannot move to the next place. You cannot move into the next thing. You cannot be who God created you to be until you deal with that. Because if you don't forgive them, then you're carrying such heavy baggage that when you come to that next place, that place of blessing, that place of promise, that place of elevation, you won't really fully walk in who God created you to be because you're too weighed down and too heavy. Yes, sir. Take a name and let it go. 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 So, so you gotta let it go. So we, we are wounded worshipers yeah. coming into the presence of God. And it's, as we are wounded worshipers, we come into the presence of God. I'm gonna jump ahead of this. Watch this. Uh, 
Worship heals all wounds, even those that are unseen. So when you come into the presence of God, you come into the presence wounded, but you leave out hope. Worship heals all wounds, even those that cannot be seen. Watch this. Worship is the most important thing that a human being can do. It's the most important thing. When you wake up in the morning, you wake up in worship. Why? Because worship brings you into the presence of God. That's the first thing you should do. Get up in the morning, fall to your knees, dip in and worship God. First thing out your mouth should be worship and adoration unto God. Why? Because it brings you into the presence of God. I'd rather be in the presence of God. I'd rather be in His presence. So you wake up in worship. Wake up in worship. Mercy. Watch this. Worship lines you up with God against your enemy. Worship lines you up with God and against your enemy. God lines you up in worship with Him. And as you're lined up with God in worship with Him, He also lines you up in worship against your enemy. I'll say it again. He lines you up vertically with Him so you'd be lined up against Him. And the only way you can come against them is through him. Uh, y'all, y'all may have missed that. Come on, Chad. So what God does, he lines you up vertically. Keep coming. He lines you up vertically with him. And when you're lined up vertically with him, now you're lined up against them. And the only way you can fight them is through him. Y'all missed that. When you line up vertically with him, he lines you up against your enemy against him, and the only way you come against him is through him. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> he lines you up vertically to make sure that you're right with him. Because if you're not right with him, you can't fight them. And when you're aligned up vertically with him, now you can stand against them, and now you can go. <laughs> so another watch. I can't come against my enemy unless I go through him. I want to. I got to give a piece of my. They give me one, let me get it. The battle is not yours. Help me out. So in order for me to get my enemy, I got to go through him. But I can't get to them because of him. Oh, y'all missed that. I can't get to them because of him. Why? Because it's not my battle. It's his. So he lines me up vertically to make sure I'm right. Make sure my heart right. To make sure whatever I say come out right. Make sure whatever I see is right. So I can't even say it. I really want to do it, but my flesh say I I just can't. Tell me, you can't do it. I want to tell the world how bad they got problems. Oh, y'all quiet. Oh, I want to testify to somebody. You know the people over there, they ain't no. Oh, you know her, she ain't nothing but a. Yeah. Never see him. So he lines up with him. Now, watch what happens. Once you get lined up with him and you come against him, they can't see you no more. Because you're so wrapped up in him. If they don't see you, that's all they see is 
So the hurt, the pain, the wound that you had is now healed. But in the healing, it's also a revealing of who you really are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in the healing, it's a revealing of who you are. You are in him. Talk to the Galatians. No longer I live, but Christ that. So they don't see me no more. That's all they see is. So now when I'm walking up and I'm going to get them, and they just look at me, something different about you. Why won't you? You should be. Why? Because now I'm in him. I'm so wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in him that I don't even want to. Bible says pray for your man. So instead of bringing pain and punishment to him, because I'm in him, I pray. I pray. So he lines us up. Because worship is an act of war. Worship is an act of war. What worship does is a declaration to your enemy that I no longer belong to you, but I belong to him. I was once on your side, but I'm no longer on your side, I'm on God's side. Worship is a declaration of war. It's war. Take it in as war time. What it does is when you begin to worship, now your worship belongs to God. That the, the enemy said, wait a minute. I thought you was on my side. I thought you belonged to me. Worship, it designates you to a place in God that Satan cannot be. Worship gives you a position in God's presence that Satan himself can no longer hold. He was kicked out of heaven. He was the chief worship leader. So worship puts you in a position that Satan hates you because that's the position he wants. You wonder why you're going through all the hell that you're going through? It's because you took Satan's position. You wonder why it's warfare. Is Satan trying to get his spot back? He's trying to get his position back. He's trying to get you to get out of place so he can get back in place. He said, well, I can't sit there. Ain't nobody going to sit there. Somebody shout my worship is welcome. It is also an act of participation, strengthening our relationship with God and watch this with others. Worship. It's about participation and not spectating. Okay. Participation. God wants you involved. In worship, we declare that we're on God's side. I'll tell you this in Chronicles, because I want to give you word. Second Chronicles, chapter number 20. You see an event that Jehoshaphat is going through. And while Jehoshaphat is going through it, there's a great army coming against Jehoshaphat. There's so many enemies coming together to wage war against Jehoshaphat. And what Jehoshaphat does is, is that while he's in the midst of about to go through war, there's a man that comes up to Jehoshaphat. And he declares this to Jehoshaphat. I want to get to it. And it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came down to Jehazel, son of Zechariah. And the Spirit of the Lord says this to Jehazel. Watch, watch what he says. He says this. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who was with Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army 
For the battle, come on, Bible readers, help me out. For the battle is not yours. Can I tell you something this morning before I close? You need people around you who are filled with the Spirit. Yes, sir. You need people around you who are filled with the Spirit of God that can tell you, listen, you're fighting in your flesh right now. You need to go sit down somewhere. You need to get off of Facebook. You need to get off of Twitter. Why are you talking about all these people who are talking about you? Sit down. You need some people who are filled with the Spirit of God to tell you you're in your flesh right now. Why are you fighting back with your words? Why are you fighting back with posts on Facebook? You think you slick. You ain't put their name, but you, you showed up mentioning the whole conversation. Everybody know who you're talking about? Trying to be slick. Get out your feelings. Get out your flesh. Say it with me again. The battle is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. So you got to get out yourself. You need people around you who are filled with the Spirit of God. I can tell you when you're out of order, when you have stepped ahead of God. Remember, if I'm lined up with God, I can be lined up against my enemy. So when I'm in line with God, I don't need to battle on my own. Matter of fact, I don't even need to open up my mouth. Jesus was the example. Here it was, the Bible said that all of this persecution and ridicule, this suffering was coming on, on Jesus, and he said, not a moment work. He didn't even defend himself. Isn't that something? They persecuted, they pulling the hairs out of his head. They, they, they whipping him and spitting his face, slapping him. And Jesus said nothing. And here you are, you worried about somebody's post on Facebook. He said not a moment. He didn't defend himself. Matter of fact, he said, did you know I got angels? I wanted to, if I wanted to. I got angels at my command. If, if I really want to, you think you're doing something? These 12 disciples ain't nothing. If you really want to see something, I call angels by legions to come down. If, if you really want to see something, if I really want to do something to you, heaven is backing me up. Oh, God. I got heaven on my side. That's what you need to tell the enemy. I got heaven on my side. God is back to me. See, that's the whole thing. You want to get in your flesh and wrestle with flesh and blood over a battle you may not win. You think you bad. I'm about to say something to the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. There's always somebody battling. Oh, I won a lot of fights. But there's one just waiting. Matter of fact, they're in the gym training now while you're in your worship. You think you're bad. There's always someone bad. But here's the thing. I got heaven on my side. I got heaven on my side. No matter what enemy come my way, I got heaven on my side. Here's a couple things that I've done. Why should we worship as a weapon for warfare? Here's number one. We were created to create an atmosphere of worship. Take that home with you, smoking your pipe. You were created to create an atmosphere of worship. You were not created for worship. 
was created for worship. No, you were not. Angels were created for worship. Because if that was the case, that's all you would do is worship. All day, all long, all the time. Come on, be honest. Do you worship all day, all the time? Especially when Lucy is on your radio? Hey. Southside. Catch me off Garfield. She's mad. That's all. You don't worship all the time. That ain't, that ain't in the fiber of your being. Matter of fact, sometimes when you wake up, you don't feel like worship. You really don't feel like you're not being. You're not worship. So you were not created for worship. Because if you were created for worship, that would be your sole purpose is to worship. That's not what you were created for. You were created to bring God glory. Now you worship Him because He deserves to worship. That is what the Bible, uh, well, I say the Bible, but we derive this word the Bible. That we were free mortal angels. God gave us free will. So we freely worship God. Because you have a choice. Take it if you have a choice. You have a choice to worship. Some of y'all come in to worship and you don't worship. You can sit there. And not to say this is always, uh, this is not a posture of worship, but in your heart, you're not worshiping. Mm-hmm. But you can worship God like this. Yeah, you can. But what's your heart like? Yeah. What's your heart posture? Yeah. If your heart is filled with bitterness, discontent, malice, gall, anger, mm-hmm. you ain't worshiping. Because some of you can worship like this with your hands lifted up, but you ain't really worshiping. Worship is the posture of the heart. So we were created to create an atmosphere of worship. We were commanded to worship. God gives a command to worship. God incorporates, last point, God incorporates it as one of his strategies or strategies in war. Worship is a strategy in life. In this account from Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat, here's the word of the Lord. And the Bible says the next day, what Jehoshaphat does as he goes to encounter the enemy, he takes the praise team. And he sets them in front of the warriors. He takes the worshipers to lead them into battle. He takes the people who were wounded and they were all afraid. And the word of the Lord says, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. They were wounded because here it is, that wound that they were experiencing that moment. They had seen great victories, but at this moment they're feeling like God has left us. How can God allow all of these people to come against us? And before you judge them, think about your life. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you felt like God left you? You ever had a moment where you like, God, where are you? I don't hear you like I used to hear you. I don't feel you like I used to feel you. I don't see you move like you used to move. God, where are you? Have I done something wrong? Am I so unworthy, God, that you won't show up on my back? Do you even still hear my prayers, God? I'm not honest with you this morning. And in this moment, your host of fat hears the word of the Lord. And he says, This is what we're going to do. 
Bring on the sin. We're going to send those who know how to do war in the spirit. We're going to send those who have weapons that are not carnal, but are spiritual and that are mighty for the pulling down of the stronghold. We're going to send people who got weapons you know not of. These are weapons of warfare that are tools of worship. Bible says as they go forth, the worshipers go ahead and they begin to sing. Yeah. Folks have the voice to sing. Come on, Pastor. You got my whole He began to sing. Maybe I should go ahead and sing. Yes, yes. I just sing here. Pastor, sing for me. Sing for my birthday. So as they begin to sing. Why is this? Hearing the worship got confused and turned on one As they begin to sing, the enemy became confused and began to fight one another. There it is. Y'all stand to your feet. My song. All the things that I did through. You can feel my pain. Yeah, yeah. What I had to go through. I don't know what you did. But I do know this. I don't have a shot. You have a video for this? Don't you mind? To worship God. You spend less time focusing on the world. And you spend more time focusing on the world. To the point where the past and purpose of pain. It'll still be there, but it won't feel a second anymore. There'll be a healing that'll manifest in your life. You want to take that last suggestion? Is that the video? Thank you.
of Jesus to the pressure. You defeated death, hell, and the grave. You overcame every demonic force, every work of the enemy, God. Now you're seated in heavenly places above all powers and principalities, above all thrones and places of wickedness. And Father, as we have been elevated to you, Lord Jesus, we too now sit in this place of victory. And Father, we thank you for your faith, Lord, in your presence. Now we give you the glory. And God, we give you the praise. Lord Jesus, we give you the glory.
God says I'll be glorified in Oh, God bless you. What God does is He takes you to the enemy and free So God will be glorified in your sin because He'll take your sinful self. He'll wash you clean. He'll wash you clean by the blood. He will lift you up and elevate you up out of your sin and He will be glorified because when you once more, you'll no longer be what you used to do, you no longer do. God will be glorified through your sin. Two purposes. So if you're here this morning, the part of your sins, you're going to have to say, come on. Don't wait another day, another hour, another moment. Give your life to Jesus today. Maybe a backslider. He's married to the backslider. Would you come home? You've done some wrong. God says, come home. I'm waiting for you. He's calling me back today. So, all of those appears. If that's you today, would you come? I want to pray with you. Would you come? Would you come? Father, we thank you. God, we bless you. God, we give you glory. And God, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. I guess we're all aligned with you today. Clap your hands and give God's Maybe you're here today, you don't have to turn to the Spirit of God that's speaking to you in this moment. You need to connect today. If that's you today, would you lift your hand? You don't have a church, but God is connecting you today. This is the place of connectivity, the place I want you to land. Don't have a church, but looking for one. If that's you today, would you wave at me? God said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Is there another that was in today? today? I'm connecting today. If that's you, lift your hand. Father, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Clap your hands real loud. Give God the glory in this house. Amen. As we close today in prayer, all stand and remain standing. Don't forget, Capital Area Human Service District. Uh, human services is still outside. Get some information for them. You may have a love, uh, a loved one, a family member that's going through uh, some type of addiction. They're a great resource for you. Even beyond the, the resource of drug addiction, they deal with mental health services as well. You may have someone who's dealing with some unstableness in their mind. They're a great resource. Check them out in the foyer today. Also, for those who are interested in signing up for Kingdom Ambassadors, you can do so as well.